Chapter Seven of the Story of Sitka by Clarence Leroy Andrews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Rita Boutros. Chapter Seven: Trade and Industry. Sitka, under the Muscovite, existed because of the fur trade, and every energy and interest centered on the gathering of peltries from every available quarter. Sailing ships moved in and out of the harbor, taken to their moorings or out to sea by the harbor tug, some for Mikolovsk with the beaver and martin from the Yukon, others en route to California or to the Sandwich Islands, the supply ships from Kronstadt around Cape Horn or returning via Canton and the Cape of Good Hope laden with furs, still others bound for the Kuril Islands or Okhotsk, the steamer Nikolai plied along the passages of the Alexander Archipelago, exploring the inlets, surveying the bays and rivers, gathering furs, always furs, for that was the reason for their living on this distant shore. Near the entrance to the Kolosh village was the market where the natives were permitted to trade. There they brought their game and fish, their furs and baskets, to trade for calico and beads, blankets and ammunition this market was closed by a portcullis door which permitted entrance through the stockaded wall and was enclosed by a railed yard armed guards stood on duty and at the least dispute in the market down came the door and they proceeded to punish the delinquents the warehouses were stored with thousands on thousands of the richest furs of the northland sea otter worth today from eight hundred to one thousand dollars per skin, and not to be had at any price, were numbered by thousands in the earlier years. Sealskins by shiploads, some killed off the harbor, but mainly from the seal islands. Of land otter, the Hudson's Bay Company paid them two thousand skins each year for the lease of the territory, from Portland Canal to Cape Spencer. The marten, the American sable, with its fluffy pelage, foxes, blue, white, black, silver-gray, red, and cross, were there by thousands, brought from the Arctic, from the Aleutian Islands, from the valley of the Yukon, mink, ermine, muskrat, beaver, land otter, pile on pile, tons of ivory from the walrus herds of Morzovia and bearskins and wolfskins from Cook Inlet and the Copper River. The right to the fur trade belonged exclusively to the company by Royal UKs, and any employee who was found attempting to infringe on their rights was arrested and sent to Russia for punishment. From the top of the castle, over one hundred feet above the sea, a light burned as a beacon to mariners entering the harbor, and this was the first lighthouse to throw its beams over the waters of this northern ocean. In the cupola which rose from the roof were four little square cups into which seal oil was poured, and wicks burned in grooves rising from them, while back of the flame was a reflector that threw the light far out to sea among the islands. The stock of goods in the magazines was large and varied, it covered almost every article carried in the general European trade as a necessity, and many of the luxuries, sugar and sealing wax, tobacco, 
both Virginia and Kirkus, silk and broadcloth, calico and Flemish linen, ravens, duck, and frieze, arshins of blankets and poods of yarn, vidras of rum, cognac and gin, butter from the Yakut, from California and from Kodiak, salt beef from Ross Colony, from England and from Kodiak, beaver hats and cotton socks. In the arsenal were kept about a thousand muskets, three hundred pistols, two hundred rifles, as well as sabres, cutlasses, etc., while four fire-engines provided against loss by conflagration. Some rare weapons were also found there. A sabre set with gems valued at five hundred and sixty roubles, a Persian carbine of a value of four hundred and fifty roubles, two Persian yatagans, silver-mounted, a Damascus sabre, and two Persian pistols, silver-mounted. The soldiers' guns were for a great part of French or English workmanship. Rockets and false fire for signaling ships were made each year. Tallow for candles was brought from California, molded at the port, and distributed so many candles to each employee according to their presumed needs each month. Liquors, generally rum, were served by the company, a drink twice a week, extra allowance being made on difficult work, and also for holidays. All kinds of devices were resorted to by individuals in order to get rum, and one author says that a pair of boots, for which the makers would demand ten roubles, might be secured in barter for a bottle of rum worth three roubles. The soldiers, stationed at the fort when not on duty, were employed by the company and given a special compensation for their labor. Some of the soldiers and hunters, by their industry and thrift, accumulated considerable money which the company held to their account, and either paid to them on their discharge or sent home to Russia for them. Others spent their earnings, were continually in debt to the company, and as their contract provided that they were not to be discharged while in arrears of debt, some of them served the remainder of their lives with no hope of return to Russia. Around the hill ran a parapet, and sentries walked their beat night and day. On the stockade, which enclosed the town from the beach, at the edge of the ranch to the shore beyond the sawmill, making with the shoreline an irregular rectangle, also walked the sentinels on their vigil, for the Tlingit at the gates was at all times an enemy to be feared. Strict military discipline was maintained at all times. At the foot of the hill were clustered barracks, storehouses, bakeries, warehouses, etc., for the use of the garrison and workmen. The old structure which was used as a bakery and for shops was later known as the Sitka Trading Company's building, and has recently been removed. The barracks are at present the jail, and the Russian counting-house is to-day the post office of the United States. The fur warehouse stood to the west of the hill and was torn down in 1897-98. to 98 while the landing warehouse on the wharf was burned in 1916. These were all built about the time of the incumbency of Edolin, and that time might be termed the golden age of the colony. 
ships were being built the fur trade was still prosperous new explorations were being made into the interior of the country trade was being extended into the yukon valley and there was an active interest in all the industries of the settlement there were men of many trades engineers cabinet makers jewelers tailors builders etc and an efficient machine shop constructed engines to equip the vessels constructed in the shipyard ploughshares and spades for the spanish farmers in california were forged and bells for the franciscan missions were cast here the first steam vessel to be built on the shore of the north pacific ocean was constructed at sitka for before eighteen forty the whole of the machinery for a tug of seven horsepower as well as of two pleasure boats had been constructed here the steamer nikolai of seventy horsepower was built and equipped with the exception of the boilers which were brought from new york the ship weighs at sitka was the repairing place for many a vessel in the days of the gold seekers in the valleys of california two sawmills one near the site of the present mill the other on kerensky river now called sawmill creek cut the lumber for the settlement and for export two flouring mills one in sitka the other at the ozersko redoubt on globoko deep lake ground the breadstuffs a tannery furnished the leather for shoes made from california hides and also prepared the lavtax for the bidarkas for the seal and sea otter hunters the burrs for the sitka mill were of the finest french stone but those at the redoubt were cut from the granite found on the lake shore a hospital of forty beds provided for the comfort of the sick of which governor simpson said the institution in question would do no disgrace to england brickyards were maintained ice was cut on the lake and at times shipped to california the ice-houses were near the outlet of swan lake and were of a capacity of three thousand tons one day in the spring of eighteen fifty two the american ship bacchus came into sitka to purchase a cargo of ice all the ice for san francisco had to this time been brought in the hold of sailing ships around cape horn from boston and the idea of getting the supply from sitka was conceived from the company's ice-houses was laden on the ship two hundred and fifty tons and this was the beginning of a trade during the year of not less than eighteen hundred tons at an average price of about twenty five dollars per ton a company was organized in san francisco for carrying on the trade and it was known as the ice company the ice on the lake was not of sufficient thickness owing to the fact that four degrees below zero is the coldest record ever made in sitka during a hundred years consequently the ice company later transferred their chief place of operation to wood island near kodiak cows were kept for milk and the hay for their provender was cut on the katliansky plains on squashansky bay sir george simpson governor-in-chief of the honorable the hudson's bay company visited sitka in eighteen forty one and in eighteen forty two 
he describes the settlement the natives and the fur trade and was entertained at the castle by chief manager etelin during his stay he indulged in a russian steam bath his humorous description of the details ends with a promise never again to undergo such a castigation the account of his stay at the hot springs is enlivened by a story of how a rosy-cheeked russian damsel each time she passed his chair made a profound obeisance which he attributed to his personal attraction until he discovered her doing the same when the chair was empty and then saw that a saintly icon occupied a place on the wall directly over it which dispelled the illusion Thirteen ships were in the harbor, and he remarks that the bustle was sufficient to have done credit to a third-rate port in the civilized world. Sir George sailed for Akosk on the Russian ship Alexander, then crossed Siberia overland on his return to England from a journey round the earth. There were eighty cannon mounted in the batteries which commanded the bay, or which looked down on the Kolosh village these cannon were of different make some being cast in sitka others purchased of english or americans which were purchased on the ships on which they were mounted as on the juno and the brutus and other ordnance was brought from kronstadt russia as in eighteen o four on the neva and in eighteen twenty on the borodino Tea-houses were situated on the little knoll in the center of the town where the public gardens were located. The museum and the library offered instruction to the workers who occupied this lonely post halfway round the world from the Russian fatherland. There were fourteen chief managers who directed the affairs of the company at Sitka between the date of the founding in 1804 and the surrender to the United States in 1867. Many of the officers resided long in the colonies, and their record would establish their right to be denominated as sourdoughs. Baranoff was manager twenty-eight years. Zarembo was rewarded in 1844 for twenty-five years' service. Krukov, the manager at Unalaska, was rewarded in 1821 for forty years' service. Banner remained at Kodiak for at least ten years and he and his wife both died there while kuskov came with baranoff in seventeen ninety and returned to russia in eighteen twenty one chapter seven